No, just going back for more. I think you got it all, baby. <laughs> clang, 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 clang. Clang, 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 went the dotty. <laughs> That's from Meet Me in St. Louis. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon. Cheers. Clinkies. Cheers. Um, welcome to this special birthday edition. Yay. Episode 44 of Homebound Happy Hour. Happy birthday, Anna. Thank you. It's my birthday today. Yay. Do you want to tell everyone about the awesome gift that you got from me? Yeah, so... <laughs> Well, he did get me an awesome gift, but he also got me a funny gift, too, which is a piece of, you know how, like, Bob Dylan had the harmonica on the front of him? So the harness, like the neck harness? The harmonica harness. The harmonica. The yeah. harmonic. I was trying to do that, but then I, yeah. Um, yeah, so he got me one of those, basically. It's like a neck thing that goes around, but it's for your phone. So your phone can just hang out in front of you and just dangle there. And unfortunately, <laughs> Andy was in the middle of a work call and I started laughing hysterically at myself <laughs> wearing it. And I like, could not stop laughing because I was trying to drink coffee with it on. So I was like trying to get around this like harness thing. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was something and I got on one of those sort of internet version of the as seen on TV deals. And uh you know, it was this thing, and I made a comment or a joke about that at one time, and I saw it, and I couldn't pass it up. Uh, but in between the time that I ordered, and it was like, ha-ha, this will be a funny gag gift, and the time that it arrived, I started thinking of actual uses that I <laughs> that I would have for it uh, because, you know, just kind of hoping that, oh, ha-ha, funny gift, oh, there you go good joke Andy whatever and then kind of toss it off to the side and then I could you didn't expect me to actually open and use it today while you were on your work call though (laughs) and I did I did use it so um lovely uh and to go along with a lovely birthday for a lovely person we have a lovely drink yeah so Andy found this drink kind of I don't know what you were googling we were looking for stuff that to, probably make fun videos make with, or something. Um, yeah, or stuff with uh, was it gin? I don't know. I don't know what I was looking for. I was looking for a certain type of drink, look with a certain ingredient. But then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I came across this one. Um. So originally, I was going to make a Negroni. And we just found out that the ingredients we didn't already have were just so fucking expensive that it was like, you know, we would have had to spend $50 just to make a Negroni. So um, instead, we spent $15 to get blue curacao and orange flower water to make this lady in blue cocktail. And that kind of ties in later on, which we will mention then. But um, if you want to know more about this drink, you can watch my video that I made of myself making the drink. And there's like a little step-by-step tutorial for you to follow along. 
And since it's a video, you can rewind it and stuff to catch up. But, you know, always you can reach out if you want the recipe. And you will see the photo. It's a very, very pretty drink. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. On the liquor.com page, it kind of looked like they shook all the ingredients together instead of doing like the little float in the bottom, Mm -hmm. um, which is not how they explained to make it in their instructions. So I just followed their instructions. Yeah, it it looks way prettier this way. Um, but the only thing, I guess, the maybe the only pro reason for shaking it is because you don't have that that last, last sip, sip of, of solid just, just blue, blue curacao. curacao. <laughs> oh, and unless you, unless the you day, like that, I mean, <laughs> the day we got the blue curacao, um, I actually made us adios, motherfuckers, just mm-hmm. for fun. Um, but you know, top shelf like a top shelf Long Island kind of, but blue. <laughs> So that was um, fun. And that, that drink is near and dear to our hearts, not because we're terrible people that order awful drinks, but uh, because when we visited back in presidented times, the uh, Universal Studios, mm-hmm. um, everything's super expensive there. Like, like yeah. a beer is $11, $12. Uh, but what we discovered is that the drinks, the cocktails are around that much and they have uh an adios yeah you can get an adios or a long island or like a tokyo or a long beach or any of those it's but it's like a dollar a dollar more yeah but it has four shots of alcohol you know four shots of alcohol four half shots right so the best bang for your buck because you absolutely want to be as hammered as possible when you're going on rides yeah For, I mean, the Simpsons ride is a lot because we, we would get these drinks at Duff Beer Garden uh, from our now friends, uh, Rachel and Nicholas, which we've mentioned on the podcast previously. Yes. Uh, speaking of fun, uh, fun friends and um, well, friends of the podcast and fun ideas, uh, our friend Brian, uh, you know, Brian from from Texas. I do know Brian. Yes. I do. He um, wrote, he tagged the bathroom at our favorite bar, buy Andy a drink. And then it worked people, once. people started doing hash marks every time they would buy Andy a drink, which was one It took a one while time. to work. Yeah. And then I think it got up to six or seven and then yeah. it stopped. I think I added some on there just to see if people would buy you a drink. <laughs> I don't remember. And then someone, someone just got, I don't know if they're, they're well, very easily could have been angry at me, but it was sort of like carved over it. <laughs> you know, it's like fuck Andy or you know whatever. It definitely didn't say that. <laughs> it didn't. But... It, I it said something. Yeah. Um, Andy's a dick. Yeah. He's not though. Just FYI. Not usually. Mm. But anyway, what uh, about Brian? Brian shared a um, a nice little uh, website app called imissmybar.com and it was uh, developed so that you could play sounds so much like we try to recreate happy hour uh, you can recreate familiar bar sounds uh, such as uh, people talking in a bar boy that sure sounds like people talking and then like noises of the bartender working, so it really immerse yourself in That's when I noticed that the... you were playing around with an app. I was like, "What are you doing?" 
<laughs> and you can play all these separately. That sounds like Jeremiah making an old fashioned. Is what that sounds like. Some of these uh, like a full room, so it's like definitely a lot of people there. So this must be like a like an Applebee's or a or some other kind of <laughs> some other kind of any brewery bar. in San Diego. <laughs> yes, I will have another Brutus. Brought to you by Applebee's. <laughs> A $1 margarita, please. That's Applebee's too, right? The $1 drinks? Yeah. Bless all of the bartenders that work at Applebee's, by the way, because that, making them those gallon, well, they're five pre- gallon tubs. Yeah. yeah. And they're, you know, it just gets people in the door. And I mean, there's there's hardly any there's alcohol hardly in any it. hardly any alcohol in there. And, and they don't let you order tan at once. I tried. <laughs> uh, so it's really... Ten of what? Which promotion was it? Margarita. The dollar it was margarita, margaritas because yeah. they've done Long Islands, they've done hurricanes, they've done several things. So I just bring my own. Yeah, just bring your own. We do not condone bringing your own alcohol to bars. That is illegal. Right. Do not do that. Or weddings. Uh, I'm always surprised. We did do that at a wedding. Try to do that. I guess I don't know. Do they? Do you think they're just like so hammered? They're in like Vegas or New Orleans, but where you just take your drink from one place to the next and you're i don't know how that well they always act so naive like they didn't know better we i don't, I don't even want to get into the story because like the guy's such a creep but this guy that used to work where i work showed up with like an open container a couple weeks ago we're like what are you doing man like you can't even be within 50 feet of that door with that like mm-hmm. let alone inside without a fucking mask on uh-huh. that I ooh, I was getting so mad. I don't even want to talk about it because I was like so frustrated. I had to go get the chef to help me get him out of there. Speaking of vaccines, uh, I noticed some of our listeners uh, have have been receiving theirs. So that's yeah. great news. Congratulations. Um, we we are still a bit a ways away. They I think they closed. So we have these mass sites like other mm-hmm. places. And the biggest one is at Petco Park, and it's been closed, I think, for two days this week, and it's going to be closed this weekend for another because they uh, they're not getting shipments of the vaccine. Oh, I didn't know that from other parts of the country. Part of it is because of the weather, but also parts of it is just because it's it's not being distributed. So there's still, you know, we're still on that on the I guess the earlier one of the earlier groups mm-hmm. supposed to be uh, food but, service industry educators construction like those types of us and like grocery workers and stuff those types of essential jobs are on like the next tier to get our vaccines so andy and i essentially can get ours at the same time which is really cool um like one just for convenience of like going to a place um we can go together and then two like we'll know that we're safer together safer right i said that's what i said yeah no 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 i i just want to stress that i was talking to my um optometrist uh yesterday oh yeah you got some new specs yeah glasses are very excited at least for me they are because i have i have uh terrible terrible vision um very very nearsighted and he has to hold the phone like all the way up to his face in the morning to see what time it is and it always, and this isn't a, oh, 
my condition is, you know, I'm cooler because my condition is worse than everyone else's. But everyone always says, oh, I'm, I'm so blind. I can't see. Like, there's no way your vision is worse than mine. Like, no, 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 no. Mine's really bad. And they'll try on my glass. When I used to wear glasses more, they'll try them on and they'll be like, how have you. Oh, for God's sake. Survived. <laughs> like if we. No, and that's what you out, say. Like zombie apocalypse comes. Oh, and if you run I'm out of contacts, done. you're done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> be like nice kitty to the lion that yeah. escaped from the zoo. <laughs> it's about to have a nice lunch. But anyway, I was talking to. Um. Um. The optometrist. the optometrist about the vaccine and he was saying about how he and his staff just got theirs and saying blah 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 whatever and i just basically made the point that i said well even when i get it i'm still going to behave as if i could have it and am contagious because you know that that's the, the safest the way thing to be. that i think a lot of people are missing is that it doesn't prevent you from getting coronavirus like you could still get it you just shouldn't get as sick right but you could still get it and you could still maybe you could be that 10 percent or that you know 37 percent well and even if you have a low symptom or asymptomatic case you could still potentially pass it on to other people which is what you still need to of course keep your shit inside your mask yep but it's interesting because we I think we were talking about this the other day and and everyone's complaining about how the system is set up and, and some one of those things like how do you how do you determine who goes first? Every this hasn't happened before, so all we have to base that on is movies. And yeah. I remembered the movie Contagion. Did I talk about this already? You've talked about the movie. Um a little. I don't know. Well it in case I didn't, just quickly, I noticed, I remembered that they developed in a, a vaccine in that movie also. And so they um, came up with a system to disperse it out to the to the public. And they were talking with the with Lawrence Fishburne and all the other officials. Like, we could put it in the water. We could do this. We could do that. Uh, so the system they came up with was a lottery. And they put everyone's birthdays into a big you know one of those big bingo ball things and they held a lottery they're like okay first first day of vaccine goes to august 28th and then second day of the vaccine goes to and so on and so on and so forth so i guess when you're watching that and it's not really happening you're like well that seems fair i mean that's the only way to do it but now that it's happening for yeah, real. Yeah, well, I mean, we're 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 having a tough time prioritizing because we're, we're like, well, you know, the most vulnerable should be vaccinated first and the, the people on the front lines and, and right. restaurant workers and, the, and all that stuff. But, there's like a degree to which like you can't gauge that also. Like how somebody says, well, I have, you know, like a weak heart, for example, and then, you know, you would have to like have proof of that. Which going to an actual site with like an envelope saying like, look at my weak heart, you know, like, I don't know. It just seems, seems like the way, the way it's being done, I feel like is good enough. Um, I would like as a food service worker to be one of the first people to have gotten it. But 
I wasn't, and I hopefully will be getting mine in the next month. Knock on particle board. Yeah, don't knock too hard on wood because Dottie will think you're knocking at the door (laughs) and she'll start barking. (laughs) Yep. Um, No, a friend of ours is a volunteer for that, and um, in exchange for volunteering for the uh the super vaccine centers you can get a vaccine yourself so my friend um in a six inch subway sandwich and her husband are volunteering that's cool in exchange for vaccines yeah so wherever you are maybe you know if if you want to look into that look into that um they could i'm sure they could use the help um so we've uh we've got some fun stuff to get into this week uh should we should we take a little Breaky break. Let's do it. I think uh I think Pup needs her dinner too. Oh yeah, that's right. Don't say it too loud. All right, well now that so, Dottie is done loudly eating right. her dinner. <laughs> uh so we had we had a fun activity this week. Yeah, so I uh, we mentioned last week that we should kind of hey, it would be cool if we watched um some Winona Ryder movies like Heather's and um, Reality Bites and Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael. So we did. We did. We watched exactly all of that, those yes. in a row in chronological order just for you listeners. <laughs> um, obviously, those are not the only uh, Winona Ryder films yeah. of the era, but we felt those were the most, uh, I don't know, just like memorable to us i know for me personally those are that maybe edward scissorhands but oh edward scissorhands for sure but that's like that's a tim burton movie not a winona Ryder movie you know Mm. you know what i mean that's a good point yeah right so i mean and like beetlejuice Beetlejuice. yeah right but (laughs) so my friend texted me today and was like oh i'm sure you watched girl interrupted and i was like actually we did not no we sure did not no we stayed away from the um the, the dramatic like yeah. that and the, the I mean, quilt reality movie. bites can be kind of dramatic it's, but but there's the quilt movie i never saw that how to make an american quilt yeah and then she did a movie was she in the scarlet letter yeah oh that was a hot pile of garbage no she wasn't in scarlet letter that was demi moore she was in the crucible which that's was right also a that hot was pile also of garbage. a hot pile of garbage <laughs> <laughs> the only redeeming thing about that movie was joan allen but Oh, yeah. This podcast is not about the Crucible. No, <laughs> this podcast not. is about Heather's Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael, and Reality Bites. So, uh, so yeah, so we we watched them in the order in which they were released. So, of course, we started with Heather's. Heather's, which uh, which is a a cult classic. It came out in what year? Nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine, but I didn't see it until. 1994 or 5 like I was in college I saw it probably too young to get it yeah but I was watching it on repeat in my early 20s because I just love that movie Mm -hmm. which also I was gonna say ties in the drink for today Lady in Blue because the main Uh. character Winona Ryder's character Veronica Sawyer wears blue and all the girls the um heathers if you will uh each have a color that represents them so there's um heather the main heather 
Heather Chandler. Heather Chandler. Is the red Heather. She's like the queen bee. She's basically the Regina George if it was Mean Girls. And there are a lot of similarities to Mean Girls. And then there's Heather Duke, which is the green Heather. And then finally Heather McNabara, which is the yellow Heather. And then if you notice, Veronica is not a Heather, but she wears blue. I think that movie was like pretty edgy, pretty dark for its time. It's definitely like satirical. Yeah. Um, so an interesting thing about the colors is if you if you do a, just a simple internet search uh, about colors and psychology and what they mean, um, it's it's really interesting and it makes a lot of sense in the movie and it it does a very overt job of of portraying that. So it not just that um, Heather Chandler was red, but everything in her house was red and everything associated with her was red. Yeah. But it's when, the same for all, all four of them. Uh, yeah. And, but when, I don't know if you noticed, um, but when they started, you know, killing off the people, like some of the, they would incorporate some of those other colors into their, their color seem it would still be, um, Mostly their color, like blue, for instance, but there would be some red, mm. or they would uh, transition into black. But so just just on a basic um, level, some some things. So the main Heather red is often associated with uh, things like passion, action, um, strength, energy, and uh, that was the the first the main Heather Heather Chandler. Mm-hmm. And Veronica Winona Ryder's character was blue, which was uh, is often associated with uh, loyalty, uh, trust, success, confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you I can look up what what the other. Uh, I just realized are. they also kind of correlate to the Hogwarts houses. Well, and because Heather McNamara was definitely a Hufflepuff. Tweety. Which is yellow, yeah. which is warmth, positivity, curiosity, happiness, joy, and, fun. So, and what about Shannon Doherty, which is Heather Duke, the green Heather? Um, aside from being a total bee. This source says like nature, um, loyalty, harmony, prosperity. But um, I'm sure like the term green with envy comes from from someplace. Oh, absolutely, cuz she was obsessed with Heather Chandler and that's why she ended up with the red scrunchie. Um, but something interesting. This would be really funny to hear if you didn't know the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, she ended up with the red scrunchie? What? <laughs> what do you mean? I um, kind of feel like Shannon Doherty was playing herself cuz Heather Duke is like a big B. She yeah. Well, well Shannon with, Doherty is like notorious for being with difficult. what yeah, the perception of that. I mean, I don't know. There might have been a some media perpetuation of that, much yeah. like Britney Spears. And she's like BFFs in real life with Sarah Michelle Geller. Um so But something interesting I that I found on my deep dive is this uh color um color emotion guide uh based on oh, uh it's a logos rainbow. on company logos. So for instance, um they list all the companies that use primarily red in their logo, which is excitement, boldness, you mm-hmm. know, power, passion, and all that. And so those are things like Coca-Cola, uh, Target, 
Exxon, Netflix, <laughs> Dairy Queen. Um, <laughs> I'm and, not laughing uh, at you, Dairy Queen. I'm laughing with you. <laughs> and so, uh, and so those you know convey very different things as opposed to some other. I, I get, also, if you pay attention uh, or consider like their advertising messages so like the the green mostly green logos are things like whole foods the girl scouts animal planet uh tropicana <laughs> bp um oh are, no <laughs> uh, bp kinda. doesn't really fit in that group <laughs> and monster oh, starbucks yeah. um and you, i'm sure that that is very well vetted and focus grouped when I'm sure develop their brand. Yeah. uh, Maybe we should make our logo um, based on that information so that we can um, boost our podcast. I don't know. We can overtake and destroy all the podcasts. Yeah. Change it to red. Yeah. Red and black. So, yeah. Other than that. (laughs) What were some interesting other interesting things about Heather's? Okay, well, first of all, I would be so regretful if I didn't mention the line that Heather Chandler says, which her iconic line, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Do I look like Mother Teresa? Because first of all, she's just talking about talking to the unpopular kids at school. And Veronica's like, why don't you ever talk to them? And then she's like, what is this, a charity? You know, mm-hmm. but... Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. So let's dissect that a little bit. (laughs) I don't think we need to. It's just brilliant writing. It's, I mean, the writing in this film is so fucking great. Like everything that Veronica writes in her diary is solid gold. It really does capture the the satire and the, and the, and sort of the over top, yeah. Emotional instability of of what's often portrayed as uh, teens and teen drama and teen, um, you know, high school type things. Um, what is the first line? Because I know you like to say it that we hear from our dark horse, J.D., played by Christian Slater. The uh, you mean the greetings and salutations? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I meant. I was kind of hoping we'd start the podcast with that today, but I also didn't want to give away what we were talking about. Um, No, I've been obsessed with this movie since I was like a kid. Probably too early to get it is like what I said earlier, and that's absolutely right. Um, Now, it doesn't hold up in terms, in some parts, certain things. Just You definitely witness a date rape at some point. Yeah, uh, date rape, there is... There is a lot of um, really shitty homophobia, homophobia, fat phobia, fat shaming. Um, the homophobia comes back around, though. It's like it's like they meant the opposite. Yeah, that's part of the satire. The like satire, you pointed yeah. out. When I we love my watching. dead gay son. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there was uh, the the character, uh, Martha Dunstock, was mm-hmm. uh, was targeted Martha dump truck right as targeted and was even to people that treated her well and if you see if you mean if you've seen the movie where that there there are no spoiler alerts on this podcast but (laughs) um you know Veronica embraces her at the end Mm -hmm. uh, but 
that still seems more of like an act of pity and an act or of, d- rebelliousness. Yeah. An act of rebellion. Oh, well, let me be friends with her because everyone else sucks. But uh, okay, so like the main, basically the main premise of the movie is, this is what IMDb says. In order to get out of the snobby clique that is destroying her good girl, good girl reputation, an intelligent teen teams up with a dark sociopath in a plot to kill the cool kids. Yeah, kind of. I don't. That's. It's one of those things like that. That happened, but that's not. That's not. That's not. Because I don't think she ever wanted to kill anyone. Right. Like it was an accident, you know? Yeah. And possible deniability. Like she was like, oh, I thought they were blanks. The bullets. Right. But the the very first one uh, was when they they give the main Heather the. the Drano and she thought uh, Jason Dean was uh, was joking and like, come on, that'll kill her. We'll just give her the stuff that'll make her throw up and yeah. puts it in the cup. Milk and orange juice. And then she accidentally she accidentally grabs the wrong cup. Yeah. Which is the Drano. Yes. And that's ultimately what kills her. So Jason Dean doesn't even He's technically not the one that killed the first victim. But he did know what was in the wrong cup. And he didn't say anything. And he did not say anything. Right. And that was, I mean, you could argue that that was sort of in, maybe not something he planned, but that was intentional because, you know, how do you get someone? It's like, well, you already did it once, so. Yeah, and they establish like pretty early on that Veronica conveniently knows everyone else's handwriting. Mm-hmm. So making suicide notes, making these murders look like suicides is easy for her because she knows how to do everyone's handwriting. So they're... I feel like we're giving too much away. I mean, we're talking about <laughs> the movie and I think that it came out in 1989. A... You know what? If you haven't seen it now, it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, go, go to the video store. <laughs> yeah. The go to, go rent, to the blockbuster. Rent the VHS. <laughs> um, I remember when I got the VHS, um, when I purchased it, it was in a, um, like a clamshell. Of Heather's? Yeah, it was like a not like the Disney movies, but it was like in a plastic hard. Case. Oh yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and the DVD was white; the case was white plastic instead of the usual black, and so it had a an interesting look to it. It was like I a, definitely have the DVD somewhere. It was an Anchor Bay release, I want to say. So, um, it did have the oh, we talked, we mentioned the alternate endings. It did have. Um, the alternate ending on there. Oh, yeah. So that's something we kind of want to talk about. But also, I think if we do talk about that, it'll give too much away. Just know that there's three alternate endings out there. Two. Three total endings. You can. In the, the one age, they went with. In the age of YouTube, you can you can find it. Yeah. They're not all they're not all made as far as like the right. film work goes. But there's some scripts out there. Anything else on Heather's or shall we mosey on over to welcome home Roxy Carmichael? Yeah, that's mosey. I yeah. think uh, I think that's enough, hopefully, to 
pique your interest if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while. Or if you have seen it, hopefully it's, you uh, got something from that yeah. that you didn't realize before. And, uh, and, of course, feel free to share anything that you picked up. Yeah. Um, so moving on from Sherwood, Ohio to then Clyde, Ohio in 1990. Hmm. Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael also takes place in the state of Ohio. And just about the entire soundtrack is Melissa Etheridge. Yeah. You open up with that. I guess that was maybe, would you say that was the height of like that time period was the height of Melissa Etheridge's popularity? I mean, she's I think still, that, that was she's like remained popular, but in my opinion, um, that is what got her started. Uh huh. And cause come to my window and all that was like, a few years later. Right. Right. So like I read the synopsis for Heather's, I will read you the synopsis for Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael. A small town prepares for the homecoming of superstar Roxy Carmichael, as does a young outsider who believes Roxy is her mother. Well, Winona Ryder plays that young outsider. Dinky mm-hmm. is her name. Dinky Baselli, Is that right? I think that's correct. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, Roxy Carmichael is, it's kind of one of those things like how is she famous because they don't really explain it until later on uh-huh. but like her home is now a staged historical house like museum uh-huh. with like the way she left her room and everything because she bailed on that town of Clyde Ohio like when she was like 18 maybe to go be famous elsewhere yeah and she's like shown, she's portrayed as this like glamorous person, but you never see her face. Yeah. I'm going to guess, uh, I don't know, Hollywood acting, singer, yeah, singer, it, actor. Well, they explained it like that it was a, like she was um, the subject of a very famous song and the songwriter gave her the, all the royalties for that song. Oh. It was like, it was one of those like kind of throwaway moments. They barely like acknowledged it, but you know, it's always interesting when you see movies like that um, from that perspective because I I am a huge fan of uh, the the rags quote unquote rags to riches story. <laughs> There's that. We need a stinger for quote unquote <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, and, and then for me, it'd be like anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love the rags to riches stories especially when music's involved so that's why uh yeah you sure like that movie rockstar selena rockstar the rocker um there are tons of them the commitments tons tons i say lots of them tons lots Uh, just Um, a load but it's it i was really thinking when we were watching that movie that there are a lot of celebrities huge ginormous celebrities that came from regular towns i mean we watch that whole documentary on britney spears um Mm -hmm. from louisiana hashtag free britney um and there are people that you and i have known not together but in our lives that have Mm -hmm. gone on to some pretty notable fame and it's just interesting to think of like these huge like mega stars that are icons and almost seen as inhuman as just being people that would hang out at the mall and and it's always it's always fun to think about i think so i have a note 
about something like that. And that is about how on the show AP Bio, yeah, they live in Toledo, Ohio, and in Toledo on the show they are obsessed with Katie Holmes from Dawson's Creek, That's and right. they have like a Katie Holmes Katie festival. Holmes yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, this reminded me of that. Also, I kind of got like almost but not quite as dark like John Waters vibes from this mm-hmm. because. It seemed like a lot of the characters were caricatures of right. real people. They weren't like very realistic. It was everything was a little bit extravagant. Right. So it was almost a commentary on how celebrities get treated maybe yeah. in their hometowns. Or I mean, you know, or that I, I feel like every character was almost a caricature in a way. I'm trying so hard to d- differentiate those two words. That I'm sounding kind of silly. <laughs> Character, caricature. Um, speaking of caricature uh, and your birthday present, that's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, I was like, oh, or do you want me to put the neck thing on right now? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have the phone have the phone in front of me. Oh, a little buggy. <laughs> yeah. A little go-kart. Um, so one of the things in this movie was that like Roxy Carmichael is like obsessed with pink. And Dinky steals, like, her shoelaces. Dinky has a very interesting fashion sense in this film. And she dyes a lot of her clothing and surroundings black. But um, she put on these pink shoelaces. What what did you pick up about the clothing? Well, they're, later on in the movie when she starts to, um, I don't know, maybe... Class up her look a little bit. Yeah. Um, I realized that she's essentially anyone from the J. Crew catalog in the mid to late 90s. And again, um, you know, I saw a lot of these movies when I was in college. So um, J. Crew was, was very popular. But like it was. The Empire Records kind of. Yeah. But she, you know, she, she didn't. She didn't spend like a lot of money on that. But she wore like the oversized cable knit sweater. Yeah. Well, this and, is how they make frumpy fashion yeah, in films. Khaki skirt and right. you know dog tag necklace. And I can just see this in a in a J Crew catalog. You yeah, know, or like a Delia's. oversized heather gray cable knit sweater, one hundred and forty five dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the khaki I mean, skirt or Delia's the dog tags was cheaper, but it was still too <laughs> expensive for me. Um, this movie specifically, because I watched it a lot when I was a kid, was the reason I ever tried almond roca in my life because i was like oh it's from that movie let me try it and i love i love it now it's like the toffee covered in chocolate with like the almonds yes almond roca Mm -hmm. delicious there's a reference to it in the film in the pink house um there was a lot this this movie had a lot to unpack as far as like personal awakenings and like different things in the small town and um, there was a lot of sexuality in the movie, including uh, later in the film um, for 1990 was kind of racy. There were some some gay women, some queer yeah. women. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I actually put gay characters! <laughs> exclamation point. <laughs> I, um, this is not related to that, but uh, Jeff Daniels also co-stars in this. Right. He's the and lead. It's interesting because he also stars in um, 
Pleasantville, which is another film about awakening and mm-hmm. and uh, coming into one's own, as That's it were. That's very astute. And that uh, it, it just made me think, like, what a career arc for someone like Jeff Daniels has had. Like, he's been in in the Butcher's Wife. Yeah, <laughs> in the Butcher's <laughs> Wife. Like, he's gone from Terms of Endearment to Dumb and Dumber. I mean, you know, <laughs> right. like he. I, I oh, think, I totally forgot about Dumb and Dumber. I think his uh, that's great. His his range is under <laughs> underappreciated, unparalleled. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> unless um, you're Winona Ryder, who is great at pretty much all things. Yeah, she's really good at being a frantic mom now. I think that's just Winona Ryder. Still. I think that's her now. I think they got but you like, know when in they the were 90s, doing she was not that Stranger Things. Yeah, they that's just what I'm like about. all right, let's just turn the cameras on and just see see what we got, <laughs> and then we'll well, we'll yeah, build you, a story around. You that. saw when they were accepting <laughs> that award how like um, mm-hmm. oddly she was behaving. And I mean, you know, I don't I don't know what's going on no, with her, and I shouldn't yeah. make fun of anything that might be affecting. Well, there was that I whole like shoplifting a, thing, and I mean, all that. It's just you know, bizarre behavior for maybe she was just getting a thrill, you know? I mean, there, there could be other things, you know, other health, mental health issues involved in that because I mean, there, there are some that can manifest itself in, in yeah, that's true. Those types of ways. That's very and, true. Oh, I feel, I feel terrible now. Well, no, no. And I was just, I mean, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm making fun of her though. Like, she definitely has an incredible range. I mean, the shoplifting thing was a scandal. And I think at the time, even, I was like, oh, that's weird. But I didn't, like, put much into it. Yeah. Sorry, Winona. Yeah. I th- I mean, she's, I can't believe she's, like, still doing so well in acting. Mm-hmm. That's, like, definitely a... A career that has stood the test of time because she started so young yeah and she's still just like killing her performances well and all the all things considered i mean lots of of people in the entertainment industry that get started young don't for whatever reason navigate the uh the complexities of of that fame and that lifestyle. Right. Uh, so, well, uh, like so, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. They have, I mean, she, she full on meltdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, came back. I, and I then, can't imagine the pressure. Oh yeah. I know. I mean, that's with like stage parents and managing that kind of money and like making sure that people are honest and treating you right. Like Macaulay Culkin's father just like robbed him blind, mm-hmm. you know? Well, then, the whole Britney Spears thing, of course. Yeah. yeah, I mean she. I mean she wasn't even a kid then. Yeah, really. She's for through a most full of it, full on adult. Yeah, and she's still. Well, that is that is a sideways kind of trip that we took. It is, but um, only I think there's not a lot. There's so much more to say about that movie, but it's like just watch it. There's a really cool, like pretty in pink moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think kind that of was like a little bit Breakfast of a not, Club, uh, Pretty in Pink. Little tip of the hat too. Yeah, speaking of Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, it is also today the birthday of Molly Ringwald and John Hughes. Oh, may he R.I.P. 
May he R.I.P. Yeah, so I share a birthday with those awesome people. I share a birthday with uh, Dick Cheney. It's also Dr. Dre's birthday today. You just see, you have a cool person (laughs) birthday. I have like such a good cluster. And one day when we're famous for this podcast, I think I have Phil Collins and and Dick Cheney on my Phil Collins is cool. He is. Yeah. I uh, watched a whole Susu Studio um, Genesis thing the other night while you were at work. Anyway. I'm going to need to hear more about this. <laughs> well, it's just a documentary. It wasn't. On I mean, Genesis? It, yeah. The band Genesis. You told me about it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I think that was Valentine's Day. And I was like wiped out from work because working at a sushi restaurant on Valentine's Day, like, fuck my life. It was brutal. Um, okay. Well, I, there's not much that I have as far as like my notes on this movie, um, that won't give too much away. So just watch it. Yeah. Because chances are, if you're anything like me, I hope you're not, um, you've probably only seen this once if, if at all that much. Yeah. It's it's like a lesser known. Yeah. It's on, uh. Amazon Prime for 99 cents. You can either rent can it buy or it buy it for, the same for 99 price. cents. Yeah. So. <laughs> and where did we watch Heather's? Was that on? Um, I I think it's you, on you Hulu. Own it. I yeah. own it, but uh, we saw it on Hulu because it was mine is a the quality on Hulu was better. legally acquired digital copy of Heather's. Hulu, if you'd like to sponsor us. <laughs> um, uh, Hulu is a better, better. It was a quality, good quality. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, should we, should we get into the next one or should we take a little break before we get into the final? Let's, uh, let's take a breaky break. It's getting dark in here. Okay. Let's turn the lights on. All right. So we did watch a third movie with Winona Ryder, which is arguably one of her more um, roles that she's known for, which is Reality Bites, um, yes. 1994 for this one. Yes. So this one I probably saw when right around the time it came out, which is the same time I saw the other ones. I but, also did. Yeah. Around the time it came out, but I didn't see it again until I was 38-ish. And now I'm 39 today. So lots, lots happened in between, in betwixt. <laughs> 1994 viewings. to 2020 is when I saw it. Mm. Um, something I noticed that I never realized before is that um, early on in the film, one of the characters has a one night stand and says goodbye to them. And that one night stand is played by no lines in the film renee zellweger oh yeah oscar winning actress renee zellweger everyone uh everyone gets their start somewhere right yeah i mean this is around the time that she did empire records right yeah or close to if not um i definitely like took notes on this movie then confirmed that note later so i was like oh this movie makes fun of establishment Mm-hmm. And then, like a few lines down, it's like definitely an anti-establishment movie. 
Which is always interesting because, you know, it's it's it it's not some indie you know, film festival movie that yeah, it was a pretty big was, studio. Yeah, so pretty big release, but to it was be like, anti-establishment, and especially with the way the music was involved in this in this movie, um, it's kind of I guess maybe it's one of those introspective one where it pokes fun at, at itself. Maybe yeah, um, I think uh, absolutely the the, uh, the whole the in your face TV is essentially it's MTV. MTV yeah. yeah, and don't they drink like Diet Coke through the movie and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like you know, there's there's advertising in it. Ben Stiller directed or wrote? Directed. Yeah. Um, this was around the time he had his show too, the Ben Stiller show with Janine Garofalo. I forgot about the Ben Stiller show. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched it, so I'm not endorsing that in any way because I don't. I did watch it at the time, but I don't remember like how it holds up to today's current standards. Um. Just real quick, here's the synopsis of Reality Bites on IMDb, the way I read the other two. A documentary filmmaker and her fellow Generation X graduates face life after college, looking for work and love in Houston. So it highlights Generation X. I didn't check whether they were wearing side parts or middle parts. (laughs) <laughs> like has been part of the yeah. discussion lately um, I wear a middle part if anyone's wondering Or you haven't noticed on the video But I also have bangs So And I am not changing my skinny jeans For nobody I'm a side part person But I'm I'm having a little bit of a struggle With the with where the part should be When um, your hair's getting longer Well yeah because you know There's no salon services There are I just not I don't feel safe Mm-hmm. Although my barber is pretty safe because it's it's only it's just the barber and the customer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, masks are required, and so you can't. It's by appointment only. You're the only two people in and there, and they sanitize so. thoroughly between appointments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's he's very thorough about stuff like that. I but, saw him today in the alley. He the barber shop is right by our house. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I think I'm still waiting just for the the, the numbers case numbers to, to come down yeah. a little bit more, or a lot a bit more before yeah. I feel um comfortable doing that. But do you remember R E the film? Do you remember the term or films called mumblecore? That's like the puffy chair, like the movies that are so realistic. It's like you're watching real life. They call it mumblecore because the lines aren't enunciated like they would in a normal movie or with acting. Like Zach Braff kind of stuff or. Yeah. Or like um, Mark Duplass. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like those kind of um, like it was like a trend in the early to mid 2000s. Um, I feel like this movie was the original mumblecore because it's. It's so realistic that you can't understand what they're saying half the time because they're just, you know, whispering or kind of like shuffling their words. Um, they are definitely all like hipsters for that time. 
They are. and like there's the cool kids. The, uh, again, so this is, you're not going to see a whole lot of diversity in this in this movie. No. Other than. Really any of the ones we watch. I mean, yes, there is a, a gay character. And right. two, two women lead mm-hmm. actresses, but. I feel like him being gay was just a plot device to like uh, focus on the AIDS crisis, though. Yeah. Which, uh, in a way, is prejudice. But they didn't really focus on it, though. They just they mentioned yeah. it once, I think, in one of the little clips that they, the little vignettes that they did um, when they were talking to, to him. It was, I I I don't know. I mean, I I think they did spend a good amount of time. Um, talking about his coming out to his yeah, parents. That was definitely a big part of it. And um, you're right. There were two women as leads, sort of. I mean, Janine Garofalo's character gets kind of shit on a lot in the movie, mm-hmm. like for working at The Gap, even though, I mean, she is still a hipster, but she works at The Gap because that's where she got hired after college. And she becomes like a manager there, and then well, Win- she's, Winona she Ryder acts like she's too good for the Gap. Did she go to college with them? I think so. I want to say that she just this she was, just okay, hangs so, out with them. So this was like the third movie we watched, and we started <laughs> drinking during the first. I think <laughs> Vicky is that Janine yes. Garofalo. Okay, mm-hmm. I think Vicky knows them and is friends with them, but I don't. She didn't go to the school. I don't know. Maybe she did, because I'm trying I to remember. I feel like the first... she's in the cap and gown. Too. It's the first scene, and yeah. I'm like, is she in the cap and gown? I think or not? so. Okay, well. So there's Troy, who's Ethan Hawke, right? He didn't go to school with him, or did he? I don't. I don't think so. But he, so he's like this moody musician guy, like basically like. He's like Jordan Catalano. I was just going to, that's exactly what I was going to say. He is like Jordan Catalano. He's moody and handsome and he's like too cool for school. Like he's got it figured out. But um, This was 1994. I was like 12 when this came out. I uh-huh. watched it. I was so into him. Mm-hmm. No, a lot of people were. This was like senior year high school for me, first year of college. So I got this, this, I knew people like this and that whole, I think I pointed out when we were watching it, there's, there's tension between him and, and Ben Stiller's character. Um, right. For obvious reasons because of the whole, um, they're after the same girl. Right. But you know, Ben Stiller is, is a little more awkward, um, but in the beginning, he's about, nice. He's cool. But he, I think he he gets like what's going on here. How it is that secret handshake sort of mm-hmm. coolness thing with him, and and that was one thing I remember because like you could you could be offbeat and you could be edgy, um, but it was sort of dictated how that would be, and it was it was interesting because like, it was cool to be to be into. Some nerdy things or some well, like dorky things, but it heroine. had to be blessed by the the whoever was in charge of yeah. of being, you know, the Gen X coolness guy. Yeah, right. And that's that's exactly what um, you know what what his character was. Troy was was the uh, 
I guess the priest or the apostle of yeah. of cool Who for their group. Who decided what cool was? Yeah, because he did that violent femme song, but he did it differently mm-hmm. um, when he performed with his band, and it was like, I mean, that's very a memorable part of the film. Um, they all kind of hate on Michael a little bit, mm-hmm. but I noticed like Troy hates on no one except for Lelena, who is. Winona Ryder's character. He's right. only shitty to her. So it's like that schoolyard, oh, he pulls her pigtails, it must mean he likes her shit. But like, he sucks to her. Mm-hmm. You know? And, but it's like, you know, you, this movie sets you up to want them to end up together. In a way. I, feel In, like. I think that's yeah. the intention, but. Sure. It, uh, yeah. You know, I guess. Like if you know too many people like that in person, you don't you don't want to see that person be necessarily successful and right. But that's, or, or to I be mean, rewarded. It's the formula of like a romantic comedy style yeah. of film, you know. Or I can be shitty, but I'll be rewarded if I make a re- you know some kind of redemption at the end. Right, and you know, and all is forgiven. Right, tragedy strikes, and you learn something from it. Um, she was the valedictorian of their college, which I think is interesting. I didn't know there was such a thing. Or, oh, she was valedictorian of her high school then, maybe? No, no, they said college, but I don't... Again, like, I don't know that that's, that's a... I don't know, maybe because I just went to a ginormous university where... I don't even know how you'd figure that out because in, in high school it's based on, on grade point average, right? So whoever gets a, the highest grades over all their courses, but college is a lot of... There's so many finite details. Well, they don't give that. letter <laughs> grades and then right. they don't they don't have, you know, the, there's pass-fail course. I don't know. Anyway, it's, just, it's a little bit of a technicality, but, but she... Just, so, so she, maybe the so takeaway is like that she's supposed to be she's successful. supposed to be a smarty pants. Yeah. yeah. And like and then she just kind of fizzles out after college and is like unable to find a career or a job in her field. Um, and so she starts kind of paying her bills or using the gas card her dad gave mm-hmm. her um in exchange for cash. So she'll go up to people at the gas station and say, Um, let me fill up your tank and you just give me cash and that's how she like gets by. Of course, her you know her dad figures that shit out pretty right, quick. Right, that's at the end of oh, we got to talk about this gas card bill, and then like the yeah, right the record scratch sound yeah. effect, and then the film then, ends or something. And you like that. say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, <laughs> uh, I don't want to give too much away, but like there is a kind of shitty thing that someone says. And they they mention of like their version of rock bottom, and somebody says, "I'm this close to selling fruit at intersections," mm-hmm. as if that's not like a totally honest fucking living that you can make, right? Or just yeah, I mean that's that's shitting on, and and it's kind of code because if you have been to or live in L.A. Um, isn't this? It's Houston, though. Is it Houston? Yeah. 
That's interesting. Remember, because we talked about that. We're like, this movie is so LA. And then we're like, wait, why are they in Texas? That's right. That's right. Yeah. I think that (laughs) was one of the things because that's very much a California thing. Yeah. Um, And and again, if you're familiar with the area. Is Houston even near the border? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you don't have. Which is so Los Angeles. I don't, as far as I know, that's not really the orange-growing climate. Right. Uh, because it's hot as shit down there. I mean, you can't yeah. grow oranges. Um, well, it didn't specify which fruit, but still, like, it's implied. Yeah, that's Maybe true. originally in the script it said oranges, and then they were like, no, we better just say fruit because we don't know because we're from L.A. Yeah, what or Houston's it's, actually oh, like. no, it's set in Houston now. You know, that's one of the rewrites. Totally. <laughs> Um, I just thought that was kind of crap yeah. to like shit on people that make their living that way. And that's not cool. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like my notes kind of get messier and messier mm-hmm. as, <laughs> as they go on. Um, I think the only, uh, the only other note that I have on that is just that uh, this is one of those movies where the soundtrack is just as, popular or poignant as the film itself because it's got some some pretty um some pretty memorable tunes and even if you don't know the songs themselves you probably know them or recognize them because of the movie right like this put lisa loeb on the map yes and so i you know that's i should have connected the whole texas thing but um i i worked when i was working at the um at the record store in the in the mall um with some people that were familiar with the scene uh in dallas which is where that not where she was born but where she basically grew up and and mm-hmm. went to high school and uh she she um i would say had a fair amount of privilege or affluence i mean she went to a very um a very exclusive like a private girl's school mm there fancy, fancy school yeah and then she ended up going to to brown uh and that's where she started getting into bands with uh people like duncan chic and uh where she started the band nine stories because if you remember the when they show the videos they have the credits on the bottom it's lisa loeb and nine stories uh for, yeah for i mean stay. i always forgot that because it's almost always seemed like she was solo uh, but the story behind this is she she attended Berkeley, the Berkeley School of Music, and if you are familiar with, that's a pretty prestigious a music music school. Yeah. Um, I know someone that went there in in for one summer session, but uh, that's that's where she formed Nine Stories. But uh, when she was up there, like playing coffee shops and things like that, she was friends or neighbors with Ethan Hawke. Um, because he was involved. Oh, that's in how the, she got the movie soundtrack. The, yeah, the, she was in. They knew each other from, I guess, the theater scene. Um, he was <laughs> doing some, some sure theater Hamlet, stuff up there. perhaps. I don't know. He did Hamlet later, right? And so she had a a recorded, I guess, recorded a demo or something of "Stay" that she gave to Ben Stiller, who then gave it. I mean, gave it to Ethan Hawke, who then gave it to Ben Stiller. And he was like, oh, yeah, totally. Let's put this in at the credits. And so that song took off. And essentially, and she had a, she had a number one hit before she had even signed a record deal or before it was even on an album. It was just on the soundtrack. Good for her. 
Um, so, you know, she was, yeah, she, she, like I said, was not a rags to riches right. story, but, um, clearly she, I have her first two albums. She's talented. I like, I like her. Talented enough to certainly to get into some prestigious schools and, yeah. um, well, you know, she plays instruments. Yeah. Which is, I actually, um, fun fact, I, when I was 17, I took voice lessons, like vocal uh, singing lessons, and I did Do You Sleep by her at my recital. Hmm. It was not good, but I did that song. <laughs> have a thing but i don't know if we have enough time to talk about it i I think we can talk about just real quickly what's what's your thing um there's a certain movie oh yeah we have time for sure that is being discussed as a remake and the writer and director are already committed to this is it the same writer and director, or this is a, a different... Those are different people. Okay. Um, and that movie, listeners, that movie is Face Off that they are going to be remaking with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage in the original. The John Woo film. Uh, Twas a John yes. Woo film. So uh, the writer, I don't... You know, I don't need to look up their names right now because I. So they're do- they're doing a remake. So they're doing they're, a remake. They're, you know that that. <laughs> it's been greenlit. Okay. Um, I don't think. Here's the deal. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, are is anyone as easy and iconic as John Travolta and Nicolas Cage? That you could cast in those roles because essentially they're not only playing the characters that they play, but they're also playing each other's characters. Right. So like Nicolas Cage is very distinct. John Travolta is very distinct. They played each other. Right. Is anyone well, it kind of it kind of works because it's it's Nicolas Cage and and John Travolta. Or, right. So who could do that now? So in order, if, if we're assuming it's a a similar plot line, right? Then yes, there's going to have to be there are going to have to be actors that are not only capable of playing. Playing a character and then playing each other's characters, but there has to be some distinguishing nuance exactly um, to make it work. And I mean, I guess it. I don't know because I, it's so frustrating because I can't think of like anyone well, there, that could do it. I know, like there are plenty of people that could could do it, but we don't. We talked about like maybe getting a couple of Chris's, like an <laughs> Evans and yeah. perhaps a Pine or a Hemsworth in there. But I don't know but if they're, they're not that distinct or or that iconic of a. I mean, who like an acting style, right? Like you know, maybe like John Fassbender from... or. But think about when when. Each of those actors, when John Travolta did that, I mean, John Travolta, they both had already had a long story. They were career. massively famous. Both, but, of not them. not just that, but think of the roles that 
John Travolta yeah. has done from his Saturday so, Night Fever like so to Grease that, to yeah. the the Baby Talking movies mm-hmm. to... Oh, God, I forgot about those. Yeah, to Battlefield Earth. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no, that was later, but still. Was it after? It was. was it after? Okay. Yeah, that's um, his like, ode to Scientology with his dreadlocks or whatever. Up to that point, when you... So if... When Face Off came out and you said, oh, who's in it? John Travolta. You think of. Yeah. Grease, Saturday Night Fever. Or, you yeah. know, what any of the perfect. I don't know. Whatever. Um, and Nicolas Cage, same thing. I mean, Nicolas Cage has been in that, some. Him and that guy, like. It's so bad. I can't even. It's that movie where they like are like in a pretend Russian spy village and they have to open a nightclub. I don't know this. Oh, my God. I'll find it by the next podcast. sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It's like the guy with him in it is also like he's a lesser known actor, but it's where John Travolta met Kelly Preston. So it would have to be two actors or actresses or what have you. Right, or actresses. uh, That have been around for roughly a decade that maybe have had some, some notoriety, some distinguishing roles. That are famous enough, but also kind of iconic in their own right. Yeah. Distinctive. And that's the thing is that I, I can't think of. I can't think I can't of think anyone of like that. Are. Maybe Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. I don't even know who that is. That's uh, he's Loki from the Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't really get into those. Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe him, but. But it's like people who haven't seen who haven't seen the movies will would still know who this person was. Yeah, and that's that's the problem with remaking something like this. Did we fucking learn nothing from Point Break? Or I completely forgot that they remade. Or Total that. Recall. Come on. Uh-huh. We learned nothing apparently. It'd be like remaking Taxi Driver. Right. You you just can't do that. Yeah. Not that uh I mean you could, but what you know. <laughs> Okay, so first of all, it's called The Experts. Oh, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> Two I New York City one. guys get jobs starting a nightclub in small town USA. They don't know it's a spy training model town in the USSR. So they wouldn't necessarily be comedic actors because that, even though Nicolas Cage was in some, like, Raising Arizona, right? That was before this. Yeah. Like Wild at Heart. Yeah. I guess the Look Who's Talking movies were comedies. Was that mm-hmm. before? That was before. Yeah, I mean, too. Grease is a comedy. Saturday yeah. Night Fever's not. Staying Alive was not. I don't know. I just I just can't think of, again, like I said, who those who those people would be. In the, I don't know. Maybe this is... <laughs> Maybe this is one of those, you know, that thing. It has to be like Seth Rogen or something. You know, like someone unexpected. That's the only way it'll work. Or... But I don't well, like I said yesterday, you know, when we were talking about this, they have to be the same race because, you know, you have to switch their faces. <laughs> right. So it could be any race, but as long but as they're they the also, same one. Well, I mean, I, I don't know that this would be um, this would be OK to do for various reasons, but they kind of uh, fast tracked a lot of the scientific explanation of how they were <laughs> yeah, able to. True. Because they were very, you pointed out, they were very different body types and sizes and stuff like that. So, when they did like haircuts and I'm sure they could throw in some kind of, oh, this is a 
you know, uh, here's a machine that can make anybody look like anybody else. <laughs> oh, we just switched their brains now. Yeah, we just switch everybody, you know, hey, something there you like go. that. There you go. And so yeah. it, it could be. But then, I mean, it has to be their face, though, because it's called face off. Right. It's not brain off. Thank you, listeners, for coming on this journey <laughs> with us. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's one of those. That There's definitely going a around lot that. more to unravel here. And I feel like I would like if people would contribute to the conversation on this. I think you do the thing that's going around the internet with the Muppets. Except, you know, how it's like replace all the characters of a movie with Muppets except for one. Yeah. But we do the opposite. Like, keep all the original characters, like you said, the supporting characters from Face Off, and then it's just two Muppets. Yeah. I think in that case, they should bring back all of the same actors. But would it still be from a, the original face off? A John Travolta and Nicolas Cage Muppet? Because that would be interesting. I don't see why <laughs> we can't just do the remake with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Yeah. Because who else could do it? And that's, I mean, they're probably that both is... still available for work. No doubt. No doubt they are. Nicolas Cage will do anything for one. And John Travolta is <laughs> doing Super Bowl commercials. He obviously is down. That's true. Just the sequel. All right, Hollywood. Hollywood. Make you, a sequel, not a remake. Have, you have your instructions. Yep. And this was all free, by the way. That was a free consultation. You pay us for the next round. As this My Birthday podcast comes to a close. <laughs> yeah, we have, to, we have some more birthday activities to get to. Yeah, like um, hanging out here at home. Right. Yep. And eating food. I like both those things. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Okay. As always, everyone, the three Bs. Yes. We will see you next time. Be Be safe. Be smart. And be sanitary. thank you for listening to homebound happy hour stream or download episodes on spotify apple podcasts google or wherever you get your podcasts while you're at it give our facebook page a like at homebound happy hour and follow on instagram at homebound happy hour podcast